Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I'm your host, A. Blakely, with the co-host, with the most, Kwani A. Lunas. What's up, Kwani? Hey, you know, I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. How are you? (laughs) I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. And probably not as good as the Celtics, though. I mean, even though they're coming off a loss, they've been playing some of their best basketball late. Uh, Won six of the last seven, eight of ten. What do you think has been been key for them to just kind of really start to get things going a little bit here? Well, you know, I was never a fan of the Jason versus Jalen debate, but I have to say when we see Tatum heat up, (laughs) that's when we see the Celtics win. So I'm not saying I still think that there needs to be one or the other, but I'm definitely very pleasantly surprised about the way that we've seen Tatum step up his game and the momentum that he's had that I think has affected the rest of the team and just really them coming out and proving to the haters essentially that they can be the team that we've expected all season. Yeah, I mean, what they're doing more than anything else now is is for the most part, they're beating the teams they're supposed to, which is to me, it's a sign of growth for this team to do that. Uh, And the loss to Chicago, you know, it's not a great loss, but when you look at the fact that four of their top six players were out and yet, and combine that with Jason Tatum having maybe the worst game he's had shooting the ball, uh, certainly during his stretch and potentially all season. And yet they were there until the very final minute of play. Uh, so th- it was a disappointing loss because of the and outcome. But certainly, double. And he, yeah, I'll exactly. His, his first triple double. Yeah. In a right. loss, uh, which translation, shoot the ball more, Jay, stop passing. Right. Um, okay. No, but, the, but the, you know, the one of the things that has kind of been a development during this, this recent run by the Celtics is the emergence of the new guy, Jabari Parker. Yeah. Um, it's interesting when I hear people talk about Jabari. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts about him as a player? I admire, like, so, you know, ACC play, when I went to BC, I definitely followed his career there. But seeing how long he's been in the NBA is definitely an inspiring story. He's been bounced around over the last few years. And the Celtics have made it clear that they don't want him to be a rental. And they're hoping that he can be a long-term player. And I think for him, having been bounced around, he's, I think, three teams in the last three or four seasons to have somewhere where they want you to grow and they want to give you that stability. I think with that for him, at least it should translate to him stepping up his game and really trying to find a way to cement himself into this team. And I think with that combination of him and obviously Kemba and Jason and Jalen, that could be a really good uh, core of having these guards just kind of play off of each other and do well for the team. Well, the thing about Jabari is, and, and, I, and I love the fact that he can get buckets like very few guys in this league can do. He can't guard nobody. Um, and I don't think it's an effort thing. I think he genuinely tries. I just think that he's had so many injuries over the years where yeah. he just physically can't move. And even when he was healthy, he wasn't very good defensively. Uh, he played three games with Sacramento. And his defensive rating in those three games was 138.3. I didn't even know you could get a a number that damn high after, like, a couple of games. Usually you have, like, a one offer where a guy plays, like, two minutes and has this ridiculous number. He actually played decent minutes and had this horrendous defensive rating number. But here in Boston, in a couple games we've seen, he's shooting about 69% from the field. He's averaging about nine and a half points in about 15, 16 minutes. And his defensive rating is like 100.3 or or something like that. But it's at a reasonable number that 
he's not killing you when he's out there. And if he's scoring the mm-hmm. ball, he gives you a legitimate low post scoring threat, something that they don't have coming off yeah. that bench. And mm-hmm. so for me, there's a lot of benefits why he makes a lot of sense for the Celtics because of what he brings to the table that is mm-hmm. different and unique from anyone else on the team. They don't have anyone who can get buckets back to the basket the way he can. And that's one of the reasons why I think the Celtics, you know, feel good about him going forward because they're going to need guys like that going, you know, as they try to finish out the season strong and then look ahead to next season. Yeah. But as with anything, it's the health. He has two ACL sprains. So you just really need to make sure that he can preserve his body so that that long-term deal that they see happening with him is actually something that's legitimate too. Yeah, and, and when you talk about health, you certainly you think about the Celtics and health and safety, safety protocols, which it seems damn near every other week someone every else day. knows in there. Um, <laughs> I, I tell you, when you look at their schedule, they're going to need as many healthy bodies as they can. And, you know, coming up next for them and coming up next on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, is, is Phoenix Suns beat writer Dwayne Rankin. Uh, with the Arizona Republic, who's going to give us the give us the goods on this Phoenix Suns team, which has been really one of the big shockers in the NBA. Uh, the way that they're winning, the fact that they're doing it with a, a, a lot of guys that people don't really give a lot of props to. Uh, and we'll, we'll get his take on, obviously, the Suns and, and their chances. And also our good friend Jason Tatum, who at one point thought he was going to be running with the Suns. He's got great stories about that, as well as our other good friend, Mr. Jay Crowder, who is now teaming up with Devin Booker, even though a couple years ago they, they were anything but teammates to be. Uh, so Dwayne is about to join us. So let's let's just jump right into it with Dwayne right now. Dwayne, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, my friend? How about you? Cannot complain. Cannot complain. Zeracuse uh, Church. Of course. <laughs> It oh, is. Why do we have to start like this? This could have been a See, behind me. Behind me, you got the orange, and behind that, you got the Syracuse banner. Nobody, so, yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah. Listen, we're not gonna talk. We, we, we're gonna leave Kwani's alma mater out of conversation because the tip, which is comfortable for them because they usually are out of the conversation. Hey, to begin with, wow, I'm leaving. I'm gonna, uh, I tell you what, though, you know who's <laughs> in the conversation? Your Phoenix Suns, man. They are wow. balling. Looking pretty I mean, good, right? Is, is, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. But what I want to know is how can we get a little bit of Devin Booker, Jason Tatum hate going along? Because they're too, they're too buddy-buddy, man. It's like young, young talent, recognized young talent. Why can't we get a little divisiveness, a little grimy, a little, little it's a little Rod wants drama. How do we get it? I just think they haven't been in matchups against each other, whereas mano a mano, I think that's what it's going to take. It's going to take those two, tight game, ISO, one-on-one, go at it, because Devin bites back at pretty much everybody. He bit back at Paul George, uh, him and Pat Bell give him exchange words. Like, he, he goes at people, and he likes that trash talk deal. So I'm surprised, like you all, that those two haven't really, you know, did that, but I think it's because they don't guard each other. Maybe that's what it. Maybe get some switches. Maybe take Jalen Brown off of uh, Devin and just get some some switches, some screens, and get him one ISO at the end of a game. And I think it may come out of both guys. But uh, both guys go at it. I love seeing uh, both of those guys play. Obviously, yeah. And, and Celtics fans, they remember Devin all too well for that seventy PC drop on mm-hmm. them, uh, which led to the. Them, 
You know what? I just remember from that game the Instagram post where you know Jay Crowder chimed in, and and again let's let's actually uh-huh. you know now that they're teammates, uh, it's it's interesting, and you you uh, had a chance to, to uh, have Devin address how that whole situation unfolded. Let's take a look at that video right now. And you know we've talked many times after that. We haven't even brought that up, so that's not even something that we we would even even speak about. I'm sure at some point in the season we'll laugh about it, but you know that was just. Good, friendly social media banter. Okay. I guess all is well. That sort of kind of ends well. But listen, man, back when that went down, it was kind of nasty. I mean, I just I remember vividly Devin having that photo of him and his teammates celebrating, you know, him drop right. seven. And yeah. then Jay Crowder says, wow, they're celebrating after a loss. And Devin with the ultimate clap back, real three, simple three words, four words. You can't guard me. <laughs> and I remember I'm thinking like, <laughs> you kind of got a point there. Yeah, How yeah, are they yeah. working together as teammates, though? In all, all seriousness, now that they're on the same, they're simply pushing in the same direction. How is that working? Well, you know, what's interesting that they have this card game going on the, on the plane, big money card game. Him, Chris Paul, Jay, and now Tory Craig has joined in. It's like this foursome card game. Oh, Tory, what you doing, bro? Yeah, I know, so that's what going. I said. <laughs> I said, said dollars are nice, but they ain't that nice. I mean, <laughs> you know, so, so but Tori and Joy did, and they didn't accept him. I'm sure they have because they got more dollars to spend, but right. But, no, I think that it has worked out. I think Jay has brought this leadership thing that's different from Chris. You know, Chris is the mm-hmm. constant, daily, hourly, minutely guy. Jay is more of the in the moment. Hey, come on, Dev, calm down. You know, let's, let's, let's ease back. You know, you, we don't got to do this right now. He's that kind of leader for, for Devin. I think that that yin and yang helps Devin out tremendously. And then, you know, Devin likes guys that can shoot it because he's now become this playmaker. And Jay Crowder can go six for eight one night, two for nine the next night. But for some reason, when a big shot needs to be made, he hits it. It's, it. it's just crazy watching them two where Devin knows he's got that outlet, if need be, and he's got several, but he knows that Jay will just pull it no matter what. Like, he don't hesitate or nothing. It's going up. So it, it's worked out well, I think, off court and on the court. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about Jason Tatum, and we look at the 2017 draft. He actually said that he thought that the Suns right. were going to take him at number four. From your reporting, do you think that was a possibility? I mean, I think it was, but Earl, you know, Earl was trying to work it. <laughs> you know, Earl Watson was really, I mean, he, he was, he was, he was, you know, giving Jay, you know, Jason, he was like, had him at this house, all this butter up stuff, showing him Phoenix, like, yo, you and Dev team up. It could be great and all that. But then, you know, Danny Ainge kind of, he kind of put, put the block on that. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think that if it would have happened, I think you're seeing a different team. Uh, that's what's always crazy about, who goes where, because then you're like, okay, you're hindsighting. And it's not always just, oh, if Jason's here, then this happens. Well, right. Jason's here, maybe Chris Paul isn't here. So it's, it all ends up working out in, on its own, but that would have been something mm-hmm. at that time I, for those right. two to be together. 
Yeah, because people when they when they look at Devin Booker and they think that wow he's such a young up and coming and it's like yo y'all do realize he's been in the game for six years right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. He just he yeah, just yeah. he just got his train. Listen, he got his training wheels removed a little bit earlier than most cats. That's really the yeah. only difference between him and and these young vets. Um, he's good, man. I love watching him play. Uh, I love watching him play more now that he's figured out how to be more than just a, a guy that gets buckets. Uh, his right. off-the-ball play is exceptional. No question. He, he's had – what he's learned now is that through trial and error, because when they were losing, he had to do all this other stuff. You know, he had to play off the ball. He had to now, you know, run the offense. He had to learn how to play make. So now all that trial and error is now paying off. Because now he, you know, it's like put him in any situation. Okay, Dev, move without the ball. All right, I got you. Devin, have the ball. I got you. Devin talks about he's like the best screener on the team. I mean, so he's talking like, you know, and he, he does say, he says good screens, but it's just like all this other stuff that he's now developed is now coming to fruition. And he was a guy, you know, Sherrod, that hey, defensively, he, he didn't have it. Those first. Easy I pass. Mean, it was, right, right, right. Easy pass. Right, right. But 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 now he's competing on that end and he had a couple of chase down blocks. Now he's not Le- LeBron James at it, but you're like, wow, where'd that come from? You know, the hustle is there now. You gotta credit that to, to Monty Williams. He's he just basically pushed Devin that look, not just an offensive guy. You wanna be considered a great player in this league, you gotta play both ends. And so Devin is doing that more now. He's still got turnover problems because that he tries to do too much at times. But uh, overall, I mean, he, he's definitely uh, – I mean, last two yeah, years, I've been yeah. all-NBA 13, and I've been the only one giving him the vote. <laughs> so I'm sure he'll get more votes uh, for all-NBA come this year. You're going to have some company this year. You're going to have <laughs> some company for that, for sure. Did you expect the Suns to – they're obviously right now sitting at number two in the Western Conference, but did you expect this season to be a breakout the way it has been? No. No, I'm not even gonna sit there and try to. You know. <laughs> like I knew they were gonna. Do yeah, yeah, I, like, gonna you do know, that. I knew that was gonna happen. Right? Gonna I knew that. <laughs> I thought they would be in that six to eight area, maybe possibly having to get in through a play-in. But I know. I mean, even Greg Popovich, who is the biggest Monty Williams supporter, he was like, "Nah, I, I didn't see this coming." Right. You know. You know. So everybody, you know, it's, it's interesting though. Like, like Frank Vogel. Before the season, you know, he was I asked him about. It. He was like, "I think they're going to have a great year," and we're like, I'm "Like, well, what's a great year?" You know what I mean? I'm thinking like, what, "What's what's he actually saying?" And then I asked him later after they played on the first day. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I did say that, right? I said, yeah, they're going to have a great year." I'm like, "All right, Jeez, what I meant to say was they're going to have an amazingly great year." Right, right, right. So not this great. I mean, good, yes. But I just think the West, this season is so crazy. You know, it's like between COVID, injuries, the schedule, like anything is possible. And, and, and so I'm, I'm in a hindsight, I'm, I'm not really surprised. But no, I didn't see this coming. No, no, I did not. No, I mean, they, they, they have without question been a surprise team in a good way uh, in the right. NBA right. because bottom line is they get it done. And for us here at the A-List podcast, BetOnline.ag gets it done for us. That is the place to be with the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Yes, the NFL season is long gone, but the NBA, NHL are alive and well. 
Bet Online has even awards, TV shows, and reality TV shows covered as well. Full time updated odds and props on almost anything and everything that you can imagine. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50. Receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Now, yeah, let's tell you what. <laughs> you know, that's like my favorite part of the show. You know yeah, that, right? Transitioning to an ad seamlessly. You know that. You know that. <laughs> I'm trying to be look, I'm trying to get my Devin Booker on. Just get out and transition, make yeah. things happen. That's how we rock it. That's how we're rocking. Here's here's the thing, okay? Now, Phoenix, you got the second-best record in the West. You're you're just balling. I get it. You want to stay – you're that team now. You're the hunted. For the Celtics, I get what's in it for them because they're going to be able to knock off one of the hunt, one of the teams that you're trying to get to be where they're at. What's in this game for Phoenix when they play later this week? What can Phoenix take away from beating the Celtics that other than just another W? I mean, you're you're still beating the Celtics. I mean, you're you're going into Boston and winning. I mean, that's a that's that's a big deal. I don't care what what we had in terms of the season. I mean, that's that's still a huge deal. And plus, you know, Boston's as close to healthy as you can get. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when they played them last time, no Jalen Brown. No Marcus Smart. So, you know, they're getting ready to play a much healthier squad. And, and it's, it's a challenge on the perimeter to me because mm-hmm. Chris and Devin, at the end of the game, it's almost like, okay, which one of us want to, you know, do this? Okay, Chris, you want to play off the ball so I can make it happen? Or, you know, hey, hey, look, hey, look, Chris, man, handle this. You know, I'm out here if you need me, but handle this at the end of the game. So they can basically play off each other so well. So it's like, but Boston's got – smart and guys that can, you know, clamp. So how do they make this work against that kind of defense is what I'm most interested in seeing. It's another, it's going to be a close game, I feel, in the game situation. Celtics have been there. Even though the season isn't gone the way it's been, they've been in this. This Suns team, they have not been in enough of these close games that will help them in the postseason. So any chance they get an opportunity where it's down the wire, Somebody got to make a play. That helps them. They're getting on-the-job training, so when the playoff comes, they'll, they'll be better prepared. And also with Aiden, you know, is he going to have mismatches inside? If he does, hey, are you going to him? Is he taking advantage of it? Anytime now when Aiden's in the, in the game, it's like, dude, if you got this smaller guy, hey, he should be getting punched in here. If you got this bigger guy, the other night he was dribbling, he dribbling around the guys for layups, and I'm going, well, where's you know where where has this been? We've mm. <laughs> been waiting three years for this baseline drive finished underneath the other side. So he's pulling out this stuff slowly but surely, and you want to see all you want to see him in these moments where it's on you. And he got this perimeter locked up. Hey, we're going to you. Make it happen. And so those are the things I, I think they can gain from it, other than outside of getting a win. And, you know, it, it's just how do you handle that kind of situation against a team that's trying to get it geared up? I mean, Boston has right. done this. Phoenix hasn't. So anytime you're in that, in that, against that type of team, plus it's going to be a second of a back-to-back, you know, Ooh. can you – they got Philly first. Ooh. Can you – Gear it up. Can you gear it up? You know, and so 
let's say Philly wins. Let's say Philly beats Phoenix. Well, Phoenix hasn't lost two in a row since January. Mm. They might be mm. the way we get where they got, they got to fight that off. So there's a lot going uh, in these matches, particularly this road trip. They got Boston, then Brooklyn, then New York. <laughs> we about to find out some stuff in here on this road trip. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 taking y'all through the rough neighborhood. The, the, yeah, this this it's that right. south, y'all got that south side schedule right now. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. Bro, bro, definitely, bro. Need your homies with you. You need your homies with you on this. <laughs> Come on, Travis. Come on. <laughs> and for the Suns, we know Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Their floor work speaks for itself. But what do you think are some other uh, contributing factors to the success of the team so far this year? Well, they defend, and uh, they're like top five defensive rating. They get after. But I never Miami. see that happen. No, that's what I was saying too. They used to, like you said, used to be just a pathway to the rim when they were back a couple years ago. They had when they won just nineteen games. But Monty demands defense, so they go. They're doing that. Uh, they got guys that they got a lot of guys that can just knock down threes. Not necessarily high percentage, but. You know, we got Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, Sarich, uh, guys that, that just can catch and shoot. And so when you have that playing with Booker and Paul, they just spread you out. And then you're sitting there trying to figure, you know, Chris Paul's playing one-on-one. He's just loving this. It's just oh. like, it's like pick and roll and the big guy comes out. He's like, oh. Come on. Like, you really trying to check me out here? He's shooting that high archer over a guy. Guys are just swimming for it, trying to block, and it's just going over teardrops. I mean, it's just like he's just loving the fact that he's got all these options to play with. But when you look at the defense they play, Aiton has improved. There was a time that you could just get in his chest and just finish. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing him beat. It was like, oh, God. Please, please, Stop somebody. Stop the fight. Stop the fight. <laughs> That's right. It was like Nate. It was like it was. It was like my man Nate when he got dropped by you know you know Paul. It was like please. That was stop a setback for the culture. We don't talk about that on the show. <laughs> but it was just like rough play. And now he battles. He battles. He had Giannis. Giannis slipping and falling on the ground trying to get around him. I'm thinking, wow. Two years ago, that was a dunk right. for Giannis. Now he's 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 battling. He's, he's he's really improved as a defender. So all that's working in their favor, and the chemistry is just insane right now. Now winning helps, as you know. You you lose, and that chemistry is tested. But when Devin Booker's having the entire team over his house to hang out, uh, yeah, they they got something going. It's always <laughs> better to hang out with your homies when you're winning. Uh, right. I don't know if you want to see them that much in your crib when you like got 19 wins and it's like you know three games left in the season. Right. We probably we probably ain't kicking it at that point. No, we're not um, kicking it. No, no, no. I tell you what though, man, James Jones has been right. low key. Yes. In that race for executive year, I, I you haven't heard his name mentioned much, but damn the. Getting Chris Paul, bringing in Jay Crowder, the development of Bridges, the development of Aiton. I mean, James Jones needs to get some love, y'all. Yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, I, I asked LeBron um, during All-Star, that one session they had with the media, I was like, 
How much credit should James Jones be given for this? You know, LeBron and him and James Jones tight. So LeBron's like, he should get all the credit. He hired mm. body. He made these moves. He put the team together. And, you know, whether he should get all the credit or whatever, that's that's still guys got to go out and play. You can do all these moving pieces, but guys that got to perform. But he did the job in putting this together. And so he definitely deserves a ton of credit for, for what's happening right now because to be able to see that they need this and that to go along with Devin and then to, to keep the core guys that they've kept and then the you know pay guys you know paying Sarge that Sarge isn't gonna win you a game he's not the guy's gonna win you a series but he can be because he's a contributor so to keep him keep guys like Javon Carter understanding the point of chemistry he could have did something before the trade line like trade deadline but didn't so they've kept basically the same squad and he's built that and so he's rolling with it and you know they still have some needs to address but you got to give him credit for you know swinging the moves and. And making sure that guys, you know, getting obviously new practice facility, upgrading the arena. They've done so much here in the last couple of years. And it, like I said, it's all just coming to fruition right now. And, and and so, you know, he definitely deserves a lot of credit. This is a guy that wasn't, he wasn't a GM. You know what I mean? He only been a GM. He, he got thrown in the fire. You talking about getting thrown in the fire? He got thrown in the fire? That's when they were just getting bombed. <laughs> so for him to, Power money and then go from there, huge. He deserves yeah. a ton of credit for what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I had a chance to talk to James the other day, and uh, we, we talked a little bit, you know, obviously about just the Chris Paul factor, but we talked about the bubble and how that team grew right. to where there's a different kind of confidence that they have, and Chris has only kind of amplified kind of where they were headspace-wise based upon the bubble. How much do you attribute just that whole bubble experience to them being where they are now? Well, it allowed Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges to grow. Because Mikael, yeah, I didn't got, think Cam would grow. No, no. I was, I, I was I, completely out on Cam. I'm like, why is this dude even in the league, to be honest with you? I mean, just be real. He's proving right, me wrong. wrong. I give him that. Well, and, hey, listen. I was like you in the sense of why they picked this guy, you know, that high. You know, maybe trade down and you could get that. Later, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that—that that, yeah. that could be given. That could be gotten later. I remember when he got drafted, Sherrod took the fans walked out of the building. They had a, a, a draft party when they when they picked him. Mm-hmm. Fans were like, they just start leaving. I mean, I'm sitting just got right us this mid-size when we could have got us an SUV. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, so for him to go from that to playing the way he played in the bubble, he's been good. Yeah. Was huge, was huge, and those guys grew in the bubble. The younger guy did. Aiton was, he was, you know, he had his moments, but those two in particular, they grew in the bubble. So when it came to this season, now you're seeing Cam Johnson off the bounce going in for dunks. I'm yeah. like, what yeah. is going on? You know, so all these things that, and Mikhail is just corner three. He's like. P.J. Tucker with athleticism. Like, mm-hmm. you throw it to him in that corner, it's going in. I mean, he, he's mm-hmm. been – he was. I mean, last night, he had some huge – I mean, huge threes against Milwaukee. So, those two grew in the bubble. The spotlight was on Devin, and he rose to that. And so, I think when he came into this season, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm about to – y'all thought that was something? 
I'm about to really show y'all who I am now. <laughs> and really, to me, Sirach, and you know, it's just one shot. The shot he hit against the Clippers. Cooper's that right. shot took him from he don't like being double teamed to oof. He might we might have they might have something here with this dude. <laughs> so they grew. Those that core group grew. And then after that, when they add Chris, and then they add because you remember Uber, he didn't even play in the ball. Right. So when they traded him, although he was a valuable piece, Rubio, valuable piece. But when you getting Chris Paul in return, bye-bye. Right, right. You can't beat that. And then you add Jay Crowder, and then you added some vets. They got some vets on that bench that just that's just that's sitting, you know, like some Galloway now, like each one more. Now, these guys aren't again, they're not gonna win you the series, but if they have to put them out there. They can play. And then you've got Javon Carter. He's not a vet, what? but he damn sure looked like he'd been in the game for about right. 10 years. He looked like, he, he looked like that at, at West Virginia. You know, he looked like 30 when he was like 20-something. I mean, it was like, insane. Yeah, didn't you play with Julius Irving back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> play with Jerry West. It was Jerry West, the team coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, but Javon gets after it now, you know. And so they've got all these pieces that they didn't put, but that bubble – Set the stage for now. Jay Crowder looks at him and goes, hmm, "Okay, yeah, that seems interesting." Whereas if they go four and four, Jay Crowder might be like, "Nah, nah I'm, I'm no. staying in Miami, right. <laughs> you know, or I'm going somewhere else." Right. So what would you say Jay Crowder has brought to the table for the Suns? I mean, like I say, shot making uh, with the three, uh, and then also just the leadership. He told DeAndre Aiden, he said. When they, if they switch it all around, there is no way the little guy should be stopping you in the paint. This was like three months ago. This ain't like now. I'm like, he was telling them that from the get. Like, come on, man. You know, and it was funny about Jay is that he's like, you know, Chris and Devin, they can be out there in, in the forefront as far as being the leaders of the team. So I'm, I'm cool with that. He said, but, you know, I get my word in as well. Mm-hmm. And so those three are running that locker room. And so, you know, Jay Crowder got an issue with, with something. I remember him and DeAndre got into it in a the, in the game. You know, they were going back and forth. And Jay was like, all right, whatever. You know, and then DeAndre was like, yeah, I, I kind of I was kind of messed up. You know, I was upset with myself. And yeah. this whole holding each other accountable, mm-hmm. that's Chris and Jay to me. This whole say what you need to say to somebody at the moment, say what you need to say to somebody after the game, that's Jay Crowder. And so they know the work he puts in. He got it. And also, he went a stretch where he wasn't even starting. The money right. was trying to hold matchup against bigger guys. And, you know, he, he had – he started Frank Kaminsky. And I'm sure Jay was like, come on, man, you know. I mean, I'm mean, i like, come on, man, what you doing? Yeah, right, right. Well, what, what is this? But then now they've, they've gotten back to what it was. I mean, last night they started Dario because it was Brooke and Giannis. But then Dario didn't play well, so you know what he did second half. He started Jay Crowder in the second half. He was like, nah, nah, we're not going, we're not doing, we're not gonna keep this experiment going. Right. Tonight. <laughs> not against the Bucks. No, right, right, not against them. We're not gonna do that tonight. And it's funny when they played the Bucks the first time, Jay pulled the chair on Giannis and got a turnover. And it's like those kind of plays when it's in the moment at the end of a game, he comes through. 
And so you can live with the two of seven, two of eight from three. You can live with he doesn't get a lot of rebounds. You can live with he doesn't play make like, you know, he could as much. You can live with all of that if you know that down the stretch of games, he's going to make the right play. And he, he they gave him the inbounds trust to throw the inbound in at the end of the game situations. So now Chris doesn't have to do that. He, he wears a lot of hats for this team, and uh, he's been huge. I mean, I went. I, I mean, I, I went through a stretch where I was looking at the three ball, and it was like hot three games, cold two games, hot two games, cold three games. I'm like, where is it? Like, when is he going to find a an even kill here? Right. And then last night he was struggling, and then. All of a sudden, they needed a three, and bang! You're like, well, okay, well, let me, let me. I might, I'm gonna leave that alone for a while. You're consistently inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna still keep track of it. Right. But I'm not gonna talk about it as much as I have been yeah. uh, because he, he knocks him down when they need him. It, it's, it's crazy. Quani, hmm. it's time for some games. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh I thought that's what we've been doing the whole time. Right. What has this been? <laughs> yes. We have even more games. So okay. the first game is called Pick and Roll. You right. pick a player and tell us why you're rolling with them. Okay. And for this one, it's Devin Booker or Jason Tatum will average more points this season because of what? Because they're about a, they're like less than a point differential yeah, right now. They're, they're, they're pretty close. I looked it up. I was like, wow, this is pretty tight. I want to go with Jason because I think that he's going to be required for more than Devin. Um, I think that, you know, Jason had to put up numbers for them to get out of this situation that they don't want to be in. Whereas Devin, I think, you know, he'll be able to, he'll, he'll have some big nights, but he doesn't have to do it every night. And something just tells me Jason will have to deliver every night. For them to win, and that's where I see that. That's why I see the difference. But I mean, I could be wrong at the end of the day. But I'm I'm rolling with Jason because I think he'll get more shots, even though Devin likes to put it up. But I think over the long course of this last stretch here, I, I, I'm going with Jason Tate. See, I'm going to go with Devin, and, and and here's why. I think both of them are what I would call professional scorers. But like right. in any category, there are grades to this. There are levels to this. Devin is on a different level in terms of being a professional scorer than Jason is. Because I think Jason, frankly, is showing a willingness and a desire to be more of a facilitator than he has shown in the past. Devin, you don't really have to do that as much because you got Chris Paul, who's kind of helping make sure everyone is where they need to be, and, and particularly you. And with Devin, his ability to, to hurt teams off the ball is, is, as you know, is one of his strengths. I think as they get closer to the finish line and they get closer to sealing up that number one seed, Devin is going to be like, y'all do know that I'm that dude, right? Jay, let them know. I'm that dude, right? They know that, right, Jay? Right? I think we're going to see Devin Booker become even more aggressive offensively because I think they're going to need that to just get over the hump, lock up that number one seed if that's something that they aspire to have, which I think they do. And that's why I'm rolling with Devin Freaking Booker, right, Jay? There we go. <laughs> I, you know what? I can't argue that, but they do play point five. They move the ball, and I think teams are going to try to trap Devin and get the ball out of his hands. I mean, they, they ain't trying to let this guy do him like that. So I think that's going to lead to other yeah. guys having to score. But but I, I, I can see it going either way. I mean, Devin might 
if it's a situation where down the stretch, hey, we need this win, you know, to catch Utah. They already got the tiebreaker on them. If it's one of those, right. and it's like they need to, to keep pace. That's what's going on right now. They're just trying to keep pace. They're going to play them, you know, here one more time in Phoenix. I think they're just, okay, let's hang with them, hang with them, and then let's, let's overtake. And when it comes to overtaking, I think, yeah, you're right. I think Devin will be more aggressive. But teams aren't really trying to let him do what he do. I mean, it gets, they like, hey, no. Mikhail, teams don't got much of a choice. I mean, yeah, his teammate Jay Crowder but, knows that. Teams don't have much of a choice. But if they're doubling and taking the ball out of his hands, then yeah. you know, somebody else got to do something with it. But the yeah. ball eventually gets back to him. It's going to find back. Yeah, it's going right. back to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got some more games, Corny, don't yeah, we? We have one more game. It's called yeah. In the Lane. So for this one, the Suns will win it all this year. But blank has to happen. <sighs> he stressed. I know. I, I put that. I, I did that one on purpose. Yeah, I knew you do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, they need the, the the Clippers to like just you know have one of the meltdowns in terms of guys just not showing up. To me, the Clippers matchup is a it's a problem. Because they got guys that can guard on the perimeter. And then Paul George and Kawhi, they're a problem. I mean, because, I mean, as good a defender as Jay Crowder is and Mikael Bridges is, they don't have answers, consistent answers for those two guys. And then with Rondo now, they need like the – They need like the Clippers to become like last bubble Clippers. Uh, that would help the cause. But as far as them personally, what they got to do, again, defend, um, you know, follow Chris, you know, Chris and Devin's lead, you know, be ready to knock down shots. And then more importantly, play, stick to what you know. Don't try to go outside of that once you get in the postseason. And I get the whole idea. I mean, Shra, you know, you guys know postseason different, but they got this record for a reason. So don't go outside of that trying to create something else once you get in the postseason. I think they'll get to that first round. Then the matchup could be the Utah, uh, you know, the Lakers. They, 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 they're just scaring everybody in the West because they're just everybody's sitting there going, okay, we know that that other side's going to come back. So how do you handle this when that happens? And you, I mean, people here in Phoenix hate the Lakers. So they would love As nothing more. Right, right. Remember Kobe with the airplane when he when he just he had Grant Hill just Grant Hill should have retired after that night. He should have just said, "The hell with this, I'm done." And she could have started TV earlier. But they hate the Lakers, so they would love to see that matchup in terms of Phoenix. If Phoenix can beat them, but when they rethink it, got to be like, nah. You don't want that smoke. <laughs> right. We don't want that right. We don't want that right then. They want that maybe in the conference finals. Right. Not really. But not in the not 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 in the semis. So uh they gotta stick to what they know, continue to play with it, because go, go along with the talent. They do play with effort. I mean, Phoenix forces you to, to raise your level. If you don't raise your level on Phoenix, you're gonna lose the game. They force you to do that. So as long as they do that, I think they will all they'll 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 they're gonna be in any kind of series in that series in the second round. 
But I'll just throw this out to you, Sherrod. Let's just say they got Gold State in the first round. What you think of that? Six games. They got that in six games. You got that in six? Phoenix even if that in six. Even if Steph just goes nuts? Steph been going nuts all season. What are they at? I Seven games? Yeah, right, 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 right. They got to lose them. I ain't worried about them. <laughs> okay. Okay. I ain't okay. worried about them. Okay. I love Draymond. I love Draymond, but Draymond can't shoot. You're right. And in and, and playoffs, you need to have multiple guys on the floor who can knock down shots. And when you're playing them, when he's on the floor, you're playing four and five. Right. So. Right. I tell right. you. I, I tell you about your sons. My thing for them, it's all about health. Uh, and I'm speaking about one guy in particular, Mr. Chris Paul. Uh, yeah. Right, right. Because, no I, mean, I mean, people forget that just a couple years ago when he was in Houston, they were right. up 3-2 on Golden State. He has a, a hamstring injury. They yeah. don't win the series. He doesn't have that injury. They probably go on to the finals and potentially win it. They had the best record in the, in the NBA that year. Right. Chris Paul is the most important player to any team's playoff aspirations. There, to me, forget about – I mean, LeBron is great, but when you if you have an AD on your team and those other guys, you could probably ma- navigate your way out of the first round. I don't know how far this Phoenix Suns team can go if Chris Paul is not there from day one. He has that's, to be their day one dude if they're going to go they, far. That's why they've been managing minutes, Gerard. They've been managing minutes. Like, he was sitting at one point last night, and I'm going – when you gonna put this guy back in the game? And then I'm thinking, Monty's storing minutes. Like he just he's storing two minutes here, Look, two minutes that's there. Slow drip. Right, right. He's, he's storing minutes. That's slow drip. <laughs> you know, he's like, nah, I, I see something later. Right. We need this guy, and he's been managing minutes. That's why campaign is is huge. We haven't talked about him, but Cam's playing with the starters a lot more than he was early in the year because he's sitting Chris down. In the first quarter, Earl, like maybe six minutes in, he sits in. I mean, Chris had it going in the first quarter last night. I mean, he was he had like he was just killing Milwaukee. And then he sits, and I'm like, wow, like he is serious about this managing minutes thing with Chris Paul. Because I, I I agree because Chris had a hamstring thing earlier in the year. You know, he's walking around with the wrap on it. I'm thinking, oh god, you know this this here we go. We we already already see it boy. But he hasn't had it since. He hasn't had it Good. since. I think Monty's managing the minutes, and that's going to be key. And that's why, you know, these games where they're up big and you kind of let it let the lead slip, the more fourth quarter Chris Paul watching basketball for Phoenix, the better. Hmm. Yeah. The Celtics kind of got that going on with Kimball Walker, too. He doesn't play in back-to-backs, and when he does play, they, they kind of have a, a certain – micromanaging style of his minutes too. Uh, but like when you get to the, the age where some of these guys are and the miles that they put on their body, that's the only way to keep them upright, man. I mean, you, you ain't dealing with a you know, fresh out the dealership, right? I mean, it's, right, it's right, a nice right. ride, but this right. ride got some, got some miles on it. I mean, right. you know, as someone who's driven a hoopty this day, I know how that is. You got to be careful with your miles on your hoopty. It's been a minute though, since that happened though, right? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Both of play hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it has been a minute. Trust me. 
I'm saying, let's get a minute. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, good. Oh, uh, we could be here all day, but Corny got things to do and places to go. Apparently. So, <laughs> no, this is, no, this, this, hey, Dwayne, this is really good, man. This is really good. Rocking a hat, which I, which I, I, I we should have had, we should have had a bet online prop bet for that because I would have cashed in big time because I told Money before we came me. on. He he's going to be rocking a, a cap. That's his thing. Yeah. And I said, not a base cap. Absolutely. So, <laughs> glad to see you, my dude. My dude. Thanks, brother. Appreciate y'all. Dwayne Rankin from the Arizona Republic. My guy. Appreciate right, you, brother. Appreciate y'all. Y'all be safe. Keep him in line, would you? Okay. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Thanks, Dwayne. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. All right, brother. Same here. Y'all be safe. You too. I'll see ya. Dwayne Rankin, Arizona Republic. Lots of good stuff from Dwayne there. Man, he's got the hottest team in the game right now with the Suns. Uh, one of the top two, three teams out west coming to the coming to Boston soon. What do you what are your takeaways from, from what Dwayne had to say today? I can't think of a more perfect way to preview that matchup because it was already exciting to see the number two in the West come to Boston to play. But after him giving us his insight after covering the team for so long, I'm very curious as to how this matchup will play out, especially that Devin Booker, Jason Tatum one-on-one type reaction as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that they can build up a little bit of animosity toward each other uh, at some point because I think Devin is very – good at the troll game i think he's really good at it and jason i think if he really wanted to be and was motivated to be he could also but again you're talking about two of the best young forget about young you're talking about two of the better players in the nba period yeah. both under the age of 25 well Devin, no Devin is 24 yeah but he's been in the league this is his sixth season and tatum is a young buck as well you know 19 going on 19 <laughs> forever uh <laughs> I'm looking forward to that matchup, and I'm looking forward to seeing just how far the Suns can go and whether the Celtics can really take advantage of this opportunity and then beat a really good team. Uh, they're going to catch this Phoenix team, I think, on the back end of a back-to-back, which is great for the Celtics in theory. But, again, it always comes back to can they get it done when it matters most? Um, yeah. And speaking of getting it done, Corny, what you got coming down the pipeline that you're going to be getting done soon? As always, we have 10 questions with NBC 10 Boston. I'm actually still looking for some guests for next week, but by the time I figure that out, you should be able to check it out on NBC10Boston.com slash 10 questions. Nice, nice. And I've got my usual, uh, I got some stuff for Bleacher Report coming. Actually, I'm writing about the Phoenix Suns uh, this week. And and just, you know, whether this is Chris Paul's best and last chance to win a title. Uh, and so I, I take a little deep dive into that. And I talk to their GM, um, James Jones, as well as some other GMs throughout the league about the Suns and their chances. And it's interesting how others view that team. Uh, and, and also how James Jones, uh, who, again, been a seven, went to seven straight NBA finals, has won three championships, former three-point shootout champion, how – his take is on his team and their prospects of being the last team standing. Uh, so definitely check that out. I'll also have stuff on Boston Sports Journal, looking at the Celtics, just where they are after, well, a couple of really, really good games against Phoenix. And I believe they played, I think Brooklyn is the game after that. Uh, so I have something over the weekend on that. And um, so I lied. I have one more thing. <laughs> what you got, Kwani? <laughs> The so Boston University is holding its second annual anti-racist book fest. 
And mm-hmm. I will be moderating virtually a conversation called On Memoir with Sonny Hostin and Maria Hinojosa. So if anyone is listening, isn't interested, you can head to Eventbrite and search BU Anti-Racist Book Fest and buy some tickets for that specific event or for the entire conference. But I'll be moderating a conversation. So nope. what day fun. is that? It's on Saturday at 10 a.m. Okay. Uh, it's funny you should mention that because I will also be moderating a session on Saturday at That's amazing. 1 p.m. Yeah, the, and it's the song. same same theme. Uh, they they have it broken down in in different uh, categories. Like I think yeah. yours, I think yeah. is the Afro American uh, category, and I think mine is Latinx. Uh, so well, yeah. Well, I have well yeah, I have a a, a diverse because I have a Latinx woman as well as uh, half African American. Puerto Rican woman. So mm. I'm just very diverse. <laughs> so if you want more of me and Kwani, check us out this weekend. Our, our both yeah. of our sessions will be on Eventbrite. Uh, so yeah, I, Kwani, I, 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 see, look <laughs> at that small world, ain't it? Yeah. Look at Boston University putting us My on. Team. My but team. As always, you know, I have to shout out Bet Online AG. Can't forget to give them some love. If you haven't already, Sign up with our code CLNS50. Tag them at betonline underscore AG. Tag us as well when you make your first bet. Let us know if you win something. And as always, give us a review. Give us a share. Share with a friend that you think will like this podcast. And if you haven't already, subscribe, because that's the biggest thing. Subscribe to this podcast, the A-List podcast. (laughs) Five-star review. That's what we need. That's what we need. Wow. Another good episode, Kwani. It was a great episode. And we'll see what these Celtics do against the Sun this coming Thursday. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm Kwani A. Lunas. We're out. <laughs>